So we are lingering a little bit in Matthew's telling of the Christmas story, following our celebration of Christmas, just lingering a little bit. Last week, we talked about the three kings, the Magi, seeing the star and following it and coming to Jerusalem and asking, where is the one born king of the Jews to be born? And we pick up the story right after that. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. So King Herod's first reaction is he was disturbed. And not only King Herod, but all of Jerusalem, all of the city of God, everybody was disturbed by the Magi coming. Now, why was King Herod disturbed? We could, we could simply say, well, maybe he doesn't want to hear talk of someone else being king. He's king. Maybe he doesn't want anything to upset the status quo. You see, Jesus was born into a political, tense, and divided situation in the world. There was the nation of Israel, but it had been conquered by Rome. The Roman emperor, empire had conquered the nation of Israel. In fact, it had conquered almost all of the known world and imposed its will upon the nations that it conquered. But Israel, Israel, the people of God, this is interesting, were so rebellious that Rome actually gave them some freedoms that other nations didn't get, just to shut them up, just to keep them quiet to keep them at bay. So they were allowed to have a king, king with air quotes, small k, King Herod. He was allowed to be king over Israel as long as he didn't upset Rome and kept the people quiet. King Herod was called Herod the Great. He was the builder he built the temple that Jesus would one day walk in as a rabbi to preach. Everything he did was big. The archaeologists today find stones taller than I am tall and, and 20 feet wide with a border all around them. And they know those are Herodian stones. That, those are from King Herod's time. Much, much of what was before is smaller and everything above is smaller. But Herod did everything big. King Herod was allowed to be king to keep the people quiet. 
And not only was Israel allowed to have a king, but they were allowed to have their temple, their place of worship open. The temple was allowed to have sacrifices. So in this setting of divided political tension, Jesus is born and the Magi come in and Herod and all of the city is disturbed. Now I would like to focus on my belief that they were disturbed because God was doing something over here that didn't have to do with them. That God was doing something just miles away that they completely missed. After all, Herod was Herod the Great. He was in charge. He was the king of Israel. After all, the temple was open. There were sacrifices every morning, every afternoon, every evening. The, the priest came and they served their time and then they went. All of this religious happening happened every day. All of this ritual was in place. How could they not know what God was doing? And if God was doing something, why wouldn't he do it here where they might expect it? You see, that's the challenge for us religious people. That's the challenge for us Christians that so often we get stuck in our rituals and our habits, and that's where we expect our God to show up. You know, my mom and I used to always have a conversation. She believed that when she went into Oakland, you know where all the Pittsburgh hospitals are? When she went into Oakland, if she needed a parking spot on this block, God would provide a parking spot on that block. I was a young theological student, very learned, and I would say to her, Mom, God's got a lot of bigger things to worry about than finding a parking spot for you. That I believed when God got up in the morning, he had a to-do list, and there were some pretty big messes he had to deal with before getting to Kay Brooks's parking spot. And my mom would wave her finger at me and say, Oh, Alan... I know that my God is big enough to handle all of that big stuff and to find me a parking spot. She had a lot more years living with God under her belt than I did. She had a lot more life experience. She believed God would show up in that parking spot. She was what theologians call a mystic. Now, when we hear mystic, we think, well, that's someone in a monastery. That's someone that, that maybe takes a vow of silence or reads the Bible all day or somebody very different. But a mystic is simply someone who believes that God will show up in everyday life, that God is at work in our lives, that God will speak to us wherever we are. That God is acting not only in the world at large, but God is acting in us every day. That's the challenge for us religious folks. That it's so easy to get to the place that Herod and all of Jerusalem got to. 
that they were allowed to have a king and they had fought for that and they were allowed to have their temple open and they had fought for that. And that's where they expected God to act. You know, it's so easy for us to say, you know, God will be there when I pray. God speaks to me when I open my Bible. I come to church because I want to be ushered into God's presence in, in this time, in this place. But then we go to Walmart and we don't think God is there. Or we're frustrated about something at home and we don't think God is in our frustrations. It's so easy to get set in our ways and think God shows up here but not there. That's the challenge for us. You see, when I had that conversation with my mother, I was saying, this is what God's about, Mom. God has these big things to worry about. I was literally setting the to-do list for God. I was putting God in my box, making God be like I wanted him to be, limiting, limiting where I could understand and experience God, that he was at work in the big things and I had to take care of the little things myself. So easy, so easy to get there. So what is it like to see God at work in our lives and in the world? We at home have been watching a series about the making of some of the classic movies from the 80s. And I was so excited to get to the one about making of Ghostbusters, because literally that's my favorite movie. And I know every line, much to the annoyance of everybody in my house. But at the very beginning of that movie, when they're in the lower uh, levels of the New York Public Library looking for a ghost, one of the Ghostbusters says, Shh, do you smell something? Shh, do you smell something? It's really sort of a throwaway line, but one of my favorites. And I thought that's what it's like to experience God in our world. Shh, do you smell something? Because God doesn't act like we act. God doesn't move like we move. God doesn't show up where we predict him to show up. God is alive and at foot and moving in our world. I titled this sermon, Do You Hear What I Hear? Because do you hear God speaking in our world? Do you see God moving in your life? Do you believe that God is acting in the world? It's so easy to get into that, that sense that God, well, God doesn't speak today the way he did back in the Bible. But is God any different? Even in the Old Testament, when, when Samuel was a little boy, when he had just started serving in the temple, before he even heard God speak, it says the word of God was scarce in those days. What does that mean? The word of God was scarce in those days. And don't we sometimes believe the word of God is scarce in our time? Does it mean God has stopped speaking? Does God sometimes just not speak? Or is it we have stopped listening? 
or we have put God into our box and our framework and this is what he will speak and we only listen there. Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear that God is at foot in the world? Do you hear that God is speaking in our daily lives every day? Do you hear that God is acting in your life and my life? Do you know that, that whatever you're facing, whatever challenge or struggles you have, that God is working to make a way where you can't see a way out? Do you hear what I hear? This week was such a tumultuous week in the life of our nation. And like just about everybody, when I got home later in the afternoon, I, I, I got a text from one of our girls that something was going on. So I turned on the television and watched in disbelief at what was happening. But I got there just at the time where the, the Capitol Police had lined up and were starting to move the protesters down some of the steps of the Capitol. And I'm just like, what is going on? And then, and then I saw it. That at the top of the steps, there was an older woman and she was struggling to go down those steps and, and the police were coming down in a line forcing the protesters down. Then I saw a police officer reach out a hand and take her hand and help her down the steps. And she had to put both feet on each step as she went down. That even in the midst of all of this turmoil and all of this upheaval, there was, I believe, the hand of God reaching out from one side to the other side so that she would not fall on the steps. Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear God speaking in our world? Do you see God acting and moving in our world and in our lives? Because Jesus is coming back one day and he's not just sitting on his hands somewhere waiting. No, he's moving and acting and working in our world today. That there will come a day that this pandemic will be over and the light will come on and we'll be free to move about the cabin. That there will come a day when those on different sides with different political views and different beliefs will be able to sit down and talk. That there will come a day when the lion will lay down with the lamb and they will be in peace. Do you believe that God is alive and working in your life and my life? Do you hear what I hear? That God is afoot in the world. Amen.